Hello, and welcome to A History of Hannibal, episode 67, Disastrously Well. The campaigning season for 207 got underway when the two Roman consuls set off for their respective commands. Livius marched north to face the threat of Hasdrubal crossing over the Alps, while Nero marched south to deal with Hannibal. Hannibal did not have a good start to the year. While marching near Tarentum, he was attacked by a Roman force and lost 4,000 men. Hannibal dropped back to Brutium to regroup, and once he gathered together his forces, he moved to the town of Grumentum in Lucania. Nero followed him to the town and camped opposite the Carthaginian force on the other side of a plain. A few skirmishes occurred while the two generals sized each other up and got to know the land. The terrain was very open. There were a few hills nearby, but there were no trees, so it would not be suitable for an ambush. Nero quickly understood the situation. His objective was to prevent Hannibal from moving north, so he could unite with Hasdrubal. It therefore suited him to keep Hannibal detained there as long as possible. On the other hand, Hannibal knew that he really couldn't afford to be pinned down by Nero's 40,000-strong consular army. Therefore, he tried offering battle to try and break the stalemate. Though, as I said, Nero knew what this meant. With Hannibal on edge and after a battle, he could set up a Hannibal-esque trap. As with most ruses, this was a confidence trick. It was a very bold plan, which you had to believe would work in order for it to come off. The crux of it was those hills. There was no shelter, so both sides had ignored them. So Nero believed that he could place a few cohorts on the far side of the hills, and this would work because Hannibal would not think that any troops could possibly be hidden there. So a few cohorts were placed on the far side of the hill, and then, early the next day, Nero lined his troops up for battle, and then advanced quickly. The Carthaginians came flooding out, and began to get themselves prepared. This was going to be their opportunity to finally get a battle. Then Nero launched his cavalry. Hannibal still hadn't left the camp when he heard the Roman cavalry smash into his forces, which hadn't yet fully deployed. Perhaps such a great general as Hannibal would have been able to bring order to the chaos and get his troops ready for battle, but with the cavalry charge and the general attack by the Roman right wing imminent, the straw which broke the camel's back was when shouts came from behind them, the cohorts which had been on the far side of the hill. The Carthaginian force broke and was routed. Hannibal lost 8,000 in the disaster, while the Romans lost about 500. The day after the battle, Nero offered battle again, but this time Hannibal did nothing. Nero edged his troops closer and closer, and Hannibal continued to do nothing. This happened until one night, Hannibal suddenly left the camp with most of his force, apart from his Numidian cavalry, who kept the fires going and made an appearance in the morning, so that the Romans thought that nothing was amiss. The Numidians then bolted, and joined Hannibal as he fled the scene. Nero began to suspect that something was not quite right, and sent some horsemen to look into it. They found that the camp was deserted. The Romans plundered the camp, and set off after Hannibal the next day. The Romans managed to catch up around Venusia, 
and a battle of sorts broke out in which the Carthaginians lost another 2,000. This was not Hannibal's year. He ran around the south of Italy for a bit, Nero always hot on his heels, until he made it to Canusium. So, that's what's going on with Hannibal. How were things faring in the north for his brother? Well, and I know this may appear nonsensical at first, things were going disastrously well. Hannibal was planning on leaving the south and uniting with his brother as Hasdrubal was making his way into Italy, and so each would spend the minimum amount of time isolated, with it possible for the Romans to pick them off. Hannibal assumed that it would take Hasdrubal just as long to cross the Alps as it had taken him. What he was not expecting was that Hasdrubal would have a far easier journey, and it would take him a lot less time to do what had seemed impossible when Hannibal had tried it twelve years previously. Hasdrubal left his winter quarters and set off on his way to cross the Alps. While Hannibal had been opposed by Gallic tribesmen, Hasdrubal found himself not only unopposed, but with the tribes actually joining him. Whereas Hannibal had been forced to push his own way through the Alps, Hasdrubal could follow Hannibal's route, which was now being more regularly used, and had been kept open. While Hannibal had been met by Scipio on the Trebia once he crossed, Hasdrubal had secured the support of 8,000 Ligurians, which the Romans were desperately trying to keep preoccupied. That is how, as Hannibal was pottering his way around the south of the country, Hasdrubal arrived in Italy. Hannibal was supposed to be ready for Hasdrubal, but had been caught off guard by how much luck Hasdrubal had been able to have. This is why I would describe Hasdrubal's journey as going disastrously well. Given events, the logical thing for Hasdrubal to have done would have been to march south with all haste, and try and make it to Hannibal. But Hasdrubal continued to make a mess of things. He got distracted by the city of Placentia. Hasdrubal believed that as the town was in an open area, that it would be easy to take, and he did not need much persuasion in order to try and take it. Placentia was one of the biggest settlements in Italy, and he believed that if he captured it, then it would greatly enhance his reputation, and the other cities would know that they didn't stand a chance. It's an action not exactly uncommon in this war, but, as historians like to say, people have a remarkable ability to not learn from previous mistakes. Hannibal had actually laid siege to Placentia after his battle on the Trebia, but had been greatly delayed and frustrated by it. Indeed, he was so frustrated by this fruitless siege, that when he heard that Hasdrubal crossed the Alps in record speed, he was preparing to join him, until he heard that Hasdrubal was at Placentia. By this point in the war, he had had too many unsuccessful sieges that at the time he thought could end the war to face another one, particularly one with such bitter memories as Placentia, and so he remained in the south. He was chased around by Nero, as we have just discussed. Soon enough, Hasdrubal realised that Placentia wasn't going to fall, and so he left and sent some horsemen south to go find Hannibal. Now, as you know, Hannibal was being chased by Nero around southern Italy, and Hannibal was twisting and turning trying to get away. This made it confusing for the Roman force trying to find him, 
but it also made it difficult for the messengers his brother had sent south to find him as well. They tracked him down to Metapontum, but then got lost and ended up at Tarentum, where they were found by the Romans. The messengers did not last long under interrogation before they cracked, saying that they were delivering a letter from Hasdrubal to Hannibal. They were promptly sent onwards to Nero. The messengers were questioned some more, and the letter was translated. So Nero was very quickly aware of the situation. He decided the plan that they had at the moment would not work, and they would need to be bold to be victorious. And Nero's plan was bold indeed. Nero was going to try and cross Italy to join Livius, without Hannibal or Hasdrubal realising what was going on. Nero threw himself into the planning of the operation with Augusto, and sent words to the Senate at Rome to explain just what he was doing. He advised Rome to strengthen its own garrison, as the Carthaginian armies were planning to meet in Umbria. He then sent word up the road for the farmers to prepare supplies for the army. Nero selected his marching force, 6,000 infantry and 1,000 cavalry, and began to march south, announcing that he was going to capture a town in Lucania. But then he leaped around to during the night, and began his march north. The reaction at Rome was one of panic. Had Nero lost his mind? What on earth was he thinking? There are continuing reports of panic at Rome throughout this war, as I'm sure you've noticed, but this appears to be the biggest panic of the war since Hannibal marched on Rome four years previously. This was a very different source of panic, though. Most of the scares in the city followed Roman defeats, or the death of generals. This was a panic all about the fear of losing a battle. They knew that Nero was making a very bold move, one that could very well play off, but it could just as easily go wrong, and it would be as though the Roman war effort was pushed back to square one yet again. There was a consular army in the south, right next to Hannibal, without its general and without its best soldiers. Just what would happen if Hannibal found out the army he had been fleeing, and which he was scared to attack, no longer had its consul, and was 7,000 men down from its supposed strength? Combined with all this was the leftover panic of the previous campaigns, it should not be forgotten that despite Nero's early victories this year, both Roman consuls had been killed in the previous campaign. And that was when there was only one Hannibal to deal with. Some would say that with Hasdrubal there too, it was as though there were two Hannibals in Italy. It's obvious, but surprisingly easy to forget, that people at the time did not know what was about to happen, or that in a few short years, the Romans would have won the war that Hannibal would be living in exile in the eastern Mediterranean, and that Hasdrubal would be long dead. To those at the time, they remembered Hannibal's crossing of the Alps, and all the devastation which he'd subsequently caused. Hasdrubal had crossed so much quicker than Hannibal had managed, so, logically, he should seem more deadly. That's my own take on the situation and one which the ancient sources appear to back up, if you will allow me to quote from Livy, Book 27, Chapter 44. For was not Hasdrubal also Hamilcar's son? As active a leader as his brother, trained by years of warfare in Spain against Roman troops, 
and famous for a double victory in the destruction of two armies and the death of two of Rome's finest generals. In the rapidity of his march from Spain and success in calling the Gallic tribes to arms, he had much more, even than Hannibal, to boast of, for he had gathered an army where Hannibal had lost one, or most of one, through the miseries of hunger and cold. In addition to all this, those who knew the history of the Spanish campaigns pointed out that when he met Nero, it would not be for the first time. He would meet a man whom once, when caught in an awkward spot, he had made an utter fool of, putting him off like a child by pretending to draw up terms of peace. Fear, in short, always looks on the darker side, and everyone believed that the enemy's strength to be greater, and their own less, than in fact they were. End quote. Out of interest, that deal with Hasdrubal and Nero we will get to in episode 70. But now, I had hoped that we would be able to fit in the Battle of the Metaurus itself today, but if I were to do that, this episode would become huge, so we'll have to stop here. Those of you who follow the show's Twitter will note that while I was writing this episode, from the 4th of August to the 9th, I mentioned that I really wanted to use the phrase disastrously well in the title, but couldn't because I needed the episode to be called Metaurus. At least now, I get to use both titles. If you've enjoyed today's show, then please visit us online. There is the website, thehistoryofpodcast.com, the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash thehistoryofpodcast, the Twitter profile, twitter.com forward slash thehistoryofpod, the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash thehistoryofpodcast, the podcast store, thehistoryofpodcast.spreadshit.com, the home of history podcasting, historypodcasters.com, and of course the email address should you wish to drop me a message, thehistoryofpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget you can also leave an iTunes review, it's one of the best ways to support the show. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in two weeks, when we finally get into the Battle of the Matarus. Music